0: Welcome into another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic podcast. It's a Tuesday afternoon, a little bit late with our usual Tuesday afternoon podcast, but they were uh, finishing, refinishing the floor, at the Jacobson building. At least that's the, my guess. I don't know. I didn't really stick around long enough to find out. There was a lot of machinery. So Rob Gray and I both went home uh, in order to do this podcast. Going to do it on zoom. What's up, buddy?
2: Not much. Yeah, that was uh, almost comically loud in there. Yeah. The the second I opened the
0: door, it hit me like a wall. It was just a wall of sound.
2: Yeah. It was just like, uh, yeah. uh, I think there were some raccoons fighting back in our woods behind our house at like two in the morning that woke me up. It sounded similar to that, just louder. So glad we could get to some quieter spots.
0: (laughs) Have the raccoons gotten into the raspberries? I hope not. They
2: have not. They just, they just destroy the bird feeders. The
0: cute little bastards.
2: But, uh, the best thing about the raspberries is I'm now getting lots of them, but, but those yellow jackets are such scumbags. So like two or three still hanging around there, you know, just like, well, if you make the mistake, I'm going to get you, but otherwise all good, buddy.
0: Man, the yellow jackets are, are doing just like uh Georgia tech almost did to Clemson with your raspberries, man uh, exactly. over the weekend. Except, except they
2: were more successful even. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, all right. Let's hop into what we heard today from coach Campbell. Uh, obviously a lot of discussion about Baylor, Talked a lot about the young guys after they got some good opportunities to play on Tuesday or not on Tuesday, on Saturday against UNLV out in Las Vegas. Um, and a couple injury updates, we'll start there. Uh, sounds like Orion Vance, I don't know, every week we get told that Orion Vance is getting closer to playing. He still has not played since his injury in the season opener. Uh, I, we're back on the week to week thing. Uh, or I don't remember what exactly Campbell said today. He's basically day-to-day, but like day-to-day could mean that you're going to come back, like might not ever play football again, apparently. Uh, So I wouldn't bank on Orion playing based on anything that Coach Campbell said. Uh, Daytron Young did not play in the game on Saturday. He was banged up uh, and had some guy had TJ Tampa, DJ Miller and Miles Purchase play that second corner spot opposite of Anthony Johnson in his place. Uh, Those were the only two injuries, right? That We talked about today. Yeah. I mean,
2: he said, Charlie, I noticed he said for you there in Vegas, he said he was as close to hundred percent as he's ever been. And now he says it's even closer uh, for Charlie Kohler. So that's a huge, huge thing. He did call Orion Vance a quote, game time decision, still a game time decision. I, I want to hand something as a quick aside here to Campbell because he has successfully gotten us off track with the way he masterfully uh, manipulates injury updates that we don't even really come back in and ask what specifically the injury is. So it's lower body or he just said banged up and we knew we weren't going to get anything else. You know what I mean? So I was like, Oh, okay. Um, so kudos, kudos to
0: coach, uh, for controlling the narrative there. If, if Matt Campbell was like my parents' doctor, I would not trust a word you would ever say. <laughs> He, he could, or even my doctor, like if I, if I was really gravely ill and he came in and said, Jared, you know, I think, I think you're going to be okay. You're we're going to stay your, you know, day to day from now on, I would <laughs> probably think I'm going to die like in 10 minutes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, again, I, I, I've got to I got to give him credit for that one. I hope, I hope he, I hope he takes pride in it because he, look, sometimes he should <laughs>
0: come in, he should come in sometime and say, you know, someone sprains their ankle or something and say, yeah, you know, we don't know exactly what's going to happen. We're fearing that it could be career ending and then have them come out the next game. And it's like a Willis Reed moment. He's fine. Yeah.
2: <laughs> comes just kind of out of the tunnel uh, that, that, that it had in the second half. Right. And just, right. Uh, but I will say this also in all, in all seriousness about Orion Vance, here's a guy that came back. Here's a guy that starts rising. Here's a guy that has a chance at professional career and coach Campbell reiterated just how much important it is for them to do the best thing for him so um when you have a guy like Gary Vaughn playing so capably there and depth everywhere else uh you, you, it is in the best interest of Ryan Vance to make sure he gets as healthy as he can be before you put him out there
0: oh without a doubt and just with the way Gary Vaughn has played which was actually where I was going to go next with the way that Gary Vaughn has played during these first two games I mean, or in these two games since Orion has been injured, you don't really like have to feel any urgency to do it. You know, like if Orion doesn't feel like he's back and can play at a high level, then you don't have to. I mean, Gary Vaughn has been just as good. Jay Jordan's told me on Football on Random Things this morning. He thought he'd, that it was actually an upgrade at the linebacker spot. Uh, Gary's a very dynamic playmaker, and they have not skipped a beat without Orion at that spot.
2: Yeah, no doubt, and that's that's the luxury that depth gives you. I think it's even helped a little bit with uh, Charlie. Uh, you know, I, we, again, we didn't chart exactly how many snaps he played against Iowa, but he obviously wasn't on the field as much as he usually would be, and much more in the regular rotation uh, there in Vegas, and hopefully uh, full 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 strength or as close as you can be in the course of football season going going forward for Iowa State's all American tight end.
0: Yeah, for sure, and I I do think that you know, you could tell Charlie was, I don't know. Charlie looked closer to being what he was last year. And if he's still injured, then that is an indication to me of like when coach Campbell talks about how good a shape he was in, you know, yeah. how good is he just was looking physically. I mean, if, if he can even get to 100% this year, then Charlie Kohler is going to be in for a big season. Like if he gets in, gets to, you know, like 95 to 100 percent in the next week or two, then the Big 12 needs to watch out, I think.
2: Yeah. Oh, no question. Because what he's done, you know, throughout his career is remarkable enough, you know, setting a number of Iowa State records at the position and what now he's third or tied for third all time, just in TD receptions period after getting one against Vegas. The guy, like Coach Campbell said, we talked about, he he said he was in the best shape of his life, even better shape than he thought Charlie could get into. Um, That's an NFL type body. That's an NFL type player with his savviness and his, you know, so uh, yeah, watch out indeed. If he can, if he can at least, yeah, like you said, be, be in that 90 plus range throughout the rest of the season.
0: Right, and I I thought that it was interesting just some of his comments about some of the young guys that they have on the team. Obviously, it was really valuable for them to be able to get into the game uh, on Saturday against UNLV, and he talked after the game uh, after the game about Deion Silas, the kind of kid that he is, how exciting it was for them to be able to get him onto the field and make some plays. It sounds like he'd been banged up a little bit during fall camp as well. Uh, man, but that group of guys from Deion Silas to uh, Jalen Knoll, Eli Sanders, Miles um, Purchase, Bo Fryler, Like there's yep. some dogs in that group, man. Like there's some kids who can really play, you know? And like, these are the guys that when people on the outside, on the national scale wonder like, oh, after this group of seniors leave, does Campbell see that as a window of opportunity to leave as well? like I, I don't view it that way because we know how much he really likes these next guys that are coming up.
2: Yeah, no doubt. And I, and we know how much he likes building. Right. And the next phase of building is once you get through your first group that bought in, you know, took you to new heights. We still have to see what this season has in store. Um, but clearly he's established the quote
3: unquote culture he wants in terms of what they expect of themselves and what they expect from each other if he's seeing that in all these younger guys, and I remember in media day and in the fall media interviews, all those guys who are leaders now saying, man, these guys are so far ahead of where I was their age. Think about, and that's in terms of personal development. That's in terms of self accountability. That's in terms of being able to speak up and hold other people accountable. I mean, that's, I I mean, I firmly believe that Campbell and his staff believe that the best is yet to come. And we've seen that throughout, you know, it's like, Al Lazard, fantastic record-setting, one of Iowa State's best receivers ever. Hakeem Butler, uh, it, 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 right in that boat. David Montgomery, but then here comes Brees Hall. Here come other guys. We're seeing Xavier Hutchinson, maybe not with the consistency yet, but he's got that big-time playmaking ability that that is right up there with all the best that we've seen at Iowa State. So and that's what should be exciting to people. Whereas in the past, and it, the, you know, good programs are able to do that, right? And um in the past, when Iowa State was an okay program, they'd have to take a step back or two before getting back up there.
0: Yeah, it's almost like uh, you know, the first group of guys through the Allen, Joel, Ray Lima, yeah. Brian Peavy, yeah. like those kinds of guys, they're the ones that like laid the foundation. And yeah. then you get Brock, uh, you know, Colin Newell, right. uh, yeah. some of the, you know, any maybe any would even fit in that first group, Chase Allen, Charlie, uh, like those guys are the ones that come in and build like the support beams, you know, like, and and lay the floor then of like, what's going to be built on top of the foundation. And then it's like, you get the breezes that are, you know, the next pieces of that. But then everybody that comes after that's like, you're stacking it up like trying to build a skyscraper, you know, like Alabama is a Alabama is the Sears tower or the empire state building. And it's like, how does, Iowa state build, like take those next steps. And I mean, just getting those guys in the game, getting them experience. where then when they have to be put into positions, like what a lot of them will be next year, especially I think at that linebacker position where, you know, you're going to lose three guys who are multiple year starters, you know, Gary Vaughn, Deshaun Davis and, and Eric Horn will have played a considerable amount of football for Iowa state by the time that that comes and they can just jump right into it you know, and not really have to miss a beat and just continue to build on top of what those guys who came before them had done.
2: No question. And a very apt uh, architectural uh, description there, because think about how the team has been asked what its ceiling is the last few years. These people have helped get that. I don't know if you'd call it like the, 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 the first steps of the ceiling there. And you just wonder what it's going to be like. I, it used to be, you'd ask what a personal one guy's ceiling is, right? Now it's about what the team ceiling is. And they're right there. And like I said, ready to add another layer. Uh, and uh, yeah, again, it's rarefied heights. It's uh, you know, we got Matt Campbell and the staff who are like Frank Lloyd Wright and his uh, and his uh, other guys going with them. Uh, and and uh, it's, it's, it's exciting to see
0: for sure. All right. What all are you going to be focused on this week?
2: I'm not sure exactly, but I'm going to write a little bit more because it was so significant that how many young players got in and what it is. Not only, you know, he talks about he wants to reward players like that for their hard work. A lot of the guys that haven't played, um, but also the fact that it's going to benefit the team a great deal too. I mean, it's a, it's a, both the reward and a benefit, you know, it's a true win-win situation uh, thanks to how they were able to dismantle the, the the rebels there. Um, And uh, you know, some different things for the feature. We all remember the Baylor game, you know, the feature advanced with the tents being pulled away. And what was it? The fourth
0: hottest game in Iowa state history, or
2: is it the Something most?
0: Like I remember seeing a graphic where it was like 110 degrees on the field.
2: Yeah. And I'll need to revisit that because I'm pretty sure they had it in their game notes at the time. And then we had an Anthony Johnson, one of Iowa state's just stellar cornerbacks in recent memory uh, said, what he'll remember from that game the most is he had a really bad game. And if you get Anthony Johnson into prove it mode, and I know they called a PI on him last week. I didn't have the video feed yet. So I tweeted it's half jokingly, Anthony Johnson with a PI. I'll believe it when I see it. And I, all I heard it was on the radio. So maybe it was like that. It but was probably he, a
0: good call in, in yeah. having been in the building. He kind of, he kind of wrapped his hand around. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know that it's called all the time, but like it, yeah. I saw it and I was like, yeah, I mean, I can't argue that probably. It was justified. Yeah. Which is rare
2: for him. Uh, he takes so much of this stuff personally and holds himself to such a high standard. That'll be an interesting wrinkle to go into it too, based on, you know, just how crazy that game was two years ago. And again, you can't take anything for granted, but you know, you get, a, you get a little bit of that personal chip on the shoulder from Anthony Johnson, probably some of the other guys too, given how everything went down. Uh, that's going to be interesting too, but it, it maybe some more on Xavier Hutchinson too, who's you know breaking out again. Uh, so, so we'll see. But certainly a lot about the young guys, and you know, you're, like I said, put in the the quote unquote update about Orion Dance and Detrone, and, and and go from there. What about luckily,
0: you? Luckily, uh, Denzel Mims is not getting off the bus. That's right. This weekend for the bears. (laughs) Uh, for me this week, um, anybody who listened to football and random things, Jay and I talked about Iowa state's run blocking scheme, (laughs) which, uh, you know, probably doesn't sound super exciting. Uh, when I just say it that way, but it was a really interesting thing that, that Jay brought up. I asked coach Campbell about some of that stuff on the side. So I'm going to write about that, uh, for Wednesday. Uh, And then I also got some stuff to write a call about Joe skates. You know, we've talked a lot about needing to get Iowa state, needing that second wide receiver, uh, and needing a guy to kind of emerge at that as the dude opposite of X to take even further pressure off of Charlie, uh, and X. Um, and I think you're starting to see some of those things click. So I asked coach Campbell some questions about him as well. Got some stuff, uh, that I'm going to used for a column either this afternoon or, uh, Thursday morning, depending on time. So that's kind of what my focus will be. Sounds good, bud. All right. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll toss it off to coach Campbell and you can hear everything that he had to say today from the man himself here on the cycle and fanatic podcast network. All right, guys,
4: uh, we'll get rolling. Um, You know, really not much left to say from Saturday's performance. I I do think a tremendous challenge for our football team coming this Saturday. Um, Really what we've seen from this Baylor team is really impressive. I would say one of the the fastest football teams that we've played in a long time, really skilled team and obviously a very veteran football team um, really across the board. So great challenge for us. and, And with that said, I'll open up to questions for you guys.
5: Matt excuse me, Matt with the quality and quantity of of your depth chart, is this as well as well prepared to enter a big twelve conference as you your this program 's been in years, and I know you can only speak for whatever the last six or so
4: I, I I would say from a depth standpoint, I feel really confident about that aspect of things you know I, I think the the fact, maybe what surprised me a little bit is the amount of young guys that have earned the right to play and have played so well for us, really, you know, in terms of some special teams and now guys really forcing themselves into the two deep. Um, I think those things have certainly been positive and created really positive depth for us, really, from the top down So, yeah, I, I do. I feel really good about where our depth chart is and, and the amount of guys that are playing for us right now. And I think that is a positive.
5: What, one more follow up type, or one follow up. Um, among the the losses, your losses the last four years or so have been three points or less. I mean, you've had a lot of victories too. But is this is this team this team appear to be better prepared to handle something like that now with with Connor and and, and with Mavis. How, and if you want to talk about that dynamic too, that's, that'd be great. Yeah, you know,
4: I, I think from from our regard, you know, we're going to find out how prepared we are to handle close games. You know, I, I think you've seen two already this year. One was positive, one was not. Um, you know, I, I think that to me, that's more a mentality of what your culture is. You know, can you, man, can you handle adversity? Can you handle, you know, when things don't go well? Um, you know, last year's team was able to show that within football games. And when things weren't perfect within the game, they had the ability to regroup and make those plays in the moment to get the momentum back and be able to, to, to you know, in, in terms of win the football game, they were able to do that. And, you know, I, I think that's still yet to be known about this team. I don't know if we've proven that. Um, can we handle adversity week to week? Probably we've shown that a little bit. Um, can we handle the adversity? within the game and to have kickers that that have consistency and success that can put points on the board and you have confidence in yeah I, I do think those are really big positives you know I think a hidden big play even early on in special teams in the first three weeks was um, the UNi game we, we kicked the field goal to go up uh, we're up by six and, and really decide to play defense to, to try to win the football game at the end they have a field return coming out a year ago we would have had to face that field return which I think is you know that that That's always a scary return that you have to field. And Andrew kicks it out, and and we're able to play defense. And so I just think there's some dynamics that maybe we haven't been maybe where we wanted to be. um, And we're a lot closer to being that right now. And to have those in tight games, um, not even just putting points on the board, but other kicking situations, I think it's certainly beneficial to us.
1: What makes X such a productive wide receiver?
4: I I just think he's so explosive. And and I think his explosion is really seen with after the catch. His ability to make somebody miss and his ability to have yards after the catch is of the great receivers we've had so far here, I, I would say it's as good as any of them, and I, that's the thing that that is so impressive with what he does. And um, gosh, again, big play last week, the first third and three of the game—that's a, probably a, a, a conversion goes from a conversion to a 14, 15-yard gain, and it just, you can feel the momentum come off of those plays. So, um, you know, I, I think what's exciting about him is not only has he proven that two years in a row that he can be explosive after the catch but I think also from the standpoint of now explosive down the field and he's made some of those plays this year so far which is is really part of his growth process
1: how is he technically because he seems to get open he doesn't have you know like the measurables like a Hakeem or Lamichael or even Allen
4: yeah, yeah, you know he's certainly not the six-six guy, but I think you know he he's the elite at precision at the top of his route. Great hands um, can make the traffic catch, and probably has some of those qualities that maybe where some of those other guys at least lacked in terms of polish at the top of his route. Which is you know when you talk about that elite receiver at the next level, with the rules being a little bit different, you got to be able to have separation. You got to be able to to win at the at the top of the round Next is certainly does that at a really high level for us. you see him projecting to be able to play in the NFL. Boy, I would think he's on track to have a great career, you know, not only here at Iowa State, but certainly after Iowa State, just because I think those intangibles of he can run, he can separate, um, and he's certainly got really great hands. Those are all real positives for him moving forward. Going back to the, some of the young guys a little bit, um, first quick question, have Jalen Knoll and Eli Sanders won their respective return jobs? Well, I think they both made big steps last week. Um, you know, what Jalen was able to do in the game are some things we've been missing, um, you know, really over the last couple of years, in my opinion. And, you know, for him, to, there was a there was a punt right at the end of the football game that's kind of hung up there. You know, that that ball has hit and, and bad things have happened. And he goes up and, and makes makes a great fair catch and catches the football. So I, I think we're really excited about what Jalen has has brought to the table just in one football game, um, we'll continue to see. I think that's a growth process for for him and certainly for us. And then Eli, um, same thing. I, you know, I think was really close to having uh, two big returns in that game, and yet both of them were past the 25 yard line and positive returns. So I think both guys will continue to grow into those roles. Um, both guys have the elite speed and the elite skill to you know be a difference maker in those roles, and um, that's a big challenge. So you know we're putting a lot on those two young guys' plate for sure.
0: What do they need to do to build that trust
4: for, for you? for you to trust them? Yeah, I think it's, trust is built through consistency of effort and really consistency of production. And, you know, I, it, it's as much of anything in those roles is communication and securing the football. Um, you know, we, we all love the big return. Those things are great. Um, but the ability to secure the football and make sure the ball comes back to the offensive unit in the best position possible, that's still the number one goal and priority. And so I think a lot of times that's just repetition and that's the ability for them to be consistent and understand what's being asked of them in each situation.
2: I had another young guy's question, but uh, it may be a slightly different wrinkle. You've talked all the time, especially coming into the season, about how impressed you were with guys who haven't played here, but what they've done. To be able to see them in all three phases, play the last several minutes of that game, A, how vital for your football team, but B, how we need to reward them? Yeah, I, I think great
4: to reward them. Great to, we're still in the early part of the football season. I, I think we're still trying to identify who this team is, um, you know, and and. Boy, we we have gone down week four, five, six, where all of a sudden somebody's got to step up into a critical role and be able to play on our football team, and to be able to get those guys game experience and maybe just know a little bit more about who some of those guys are, and you know some of these guys are are demanding to get on the football field. I I think that that you know you think talk about Miles Purchase. I mean, man, what he's done for three weeks now on our kickoff team, what he's done in practice, and then the plays that he makes, the fourth and one play he makes where he covers. The guy on the on the corner route, um, I, I just think growing into a role. You know, Bo Freiler. I mean, man, he's had more kick more kickoff tackles than anybody on our team in the first three weeks. And you know, a guy that's been physical and has earned the right now to get reps at middle safety. And I think everybody's really excited about where he's at. You know, Jalen, Noll Dion, Silas. I, I think that part of it is exciting. And then you talk about even some of those redshirt guys, like I guy like Hunter Zenz and some of those guys who just continue to do their job in special teams. And it's like, man, it's like the natural growth process. I feel like in our program, if you can handle your role and your responsibility, and it may be small, then we're willing to, man, how do we help get that guy even more opportunities in our program? And um, I, I'm I'm really appreciative that our kids have bought into that model, and I. Think- think it's fun to be able to to reward them and see them then handle the opportunities that come their way. And I think all those guys that I talked about are certainly earning the right to get themselves on the field and forcing the hand of the coaches to say, hey, you got to play me.
0: Uh, I noticed daytron didn't play on Saturday. My first part of the question is, is he banged up? And then the second part, how did you feel TJ and Miles played in his spot?
4: He is, you know, got banged up a week ago. Um, You know, we we ended up, you know, kind of was 50-50 in terms of, you know, where he was by Thursday, just still wasn't right. So we didn't take him on the trip. Um, You know, we're we're hoping that that he's back out of practice today for our football team. Um, But I'll tell you what, I mean, the the play of TJ Tampa in that football game, a couple of plays that he makes, I think TJ's one of those guys that when you talk about young stars in our program, I feel like he's one of those guys. I mean, what he's done in terms of his length, his ability, his speed what he looks like today um man i I thought he was incredible and and we'll need tj and we're going to need speedy and we're going to need all those guys down the road but how big for us to get him into the game and then like i said i think miles purchase and what he was able to do for us dj miller's giving us really good reps out there so we feel really confident about the depth of that that secondary unit and we know it's going to get tested as we get into big 12 play and it's going to get tested this week
0: what has allowed Jerry to come in and play at the level that he has so quickly? I mean, I know he'd played before, but, I mean, he hardly skipped a beat without yeah. Orion.
4: Tell me, tell me who again. Jerry. Oh, Gary Vaughn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, you know, I, I think for, for him, and again, I think that same model, Jared, you know, man, he's been the guy that started on special teams for the last two years on every special teams unit. And the trust that he's had built up with our coaching staff has been exceptional. And, you know, I think a year ago, um, you know, Ryan's dinged up at times and they're really kind of splitting reps. And I thought I think he really built his confidence as a linebacker a year ago. And I I, I see him kind of in the same mold of what Jake Hummel did in our program where, man, Jake was special teams, special teams, special teams. Then you get into his, you know, really get into his junior year and he's splitting time with Marcel. And then by, a, you know, by last year, it was like, holy smokes, this guy's a really good football player. And I think you're seeing the same model from Gary on and bought into being a team football player you know has never complained about playing time just waited for his opportunity but boy what he's done the last two weeks has been
3: exceptional looking ahead to baylor two running backs and abram smith and Tristan and abner 300 yards, both on the ground. What about them? Have you seen on film that allows them to be so explosive, dangerous on the ground?
4: Uh, Yeah, I think it starts with their offensive line. You know, I I, beyond impressed with you know certainly the offensive structure that they have right now. What's going on there? Um, You know, a new hire as the offensive coordinator from a year ago. I, I think the rhythm that they're playing with on the offensive side of the football, in terms of man, the ability to run the football, really set their quarterback up to be in you know positive situations throughout the football game and. Um, I think that whole rhythm of what they're doing offensively has certainly let them get off to a great start and really impressive in the two backs. Both of them are different, but both of them have the ability to to hit the home run ball. And, you know, you see that not only in terms of offensive production, but you also see it in terms of special teams production, both of them being in the return game as well.
3: How much does seeing Brees in practice kind of help the defense get ready for running backs like this?
4: Well, I, I would say the one thing that we're positive is seeing, and hopefully, you know, I think we're, getting to see is, man, not only Breeze, but you got Jarell, you got Eli Sanders, you got, you, you know, you certainly got Dion Silas. There, there's a lot of guys there that, um, you, know, per, you know, prepare our defense to play against really, really talented running backs. But again, I, I still think when you look at this Baylor team, it starts up front. It starts with what they're doing on the offensive line. And it starts with their coordination of that aspect of it. And that'll be a great challenge for us this weekend.
1: Just to revisit uh, the last game, Did you come out of it uh, feeling a little refreshed after, you know, the events that had transpired the week before? Is that a feeling you, you get out of a game like that?
4: Yeah, I, I felt pretty good on the Monday right after. You know, I, I mean, we're in the early part of the season. Um, you know, this is part of the, the process of one week at a time, one day at a time, and I think we've always followed that model. So, you know, we've never really gotten too high with a win or too low with a loss and, and just keep trying to grow. And I do, I, I think this team will only continue to grow because we've got great veteran leadership that understands what that looks like.
1: You guys made it through the Big 12 season. Excuse me, better than anyone last year, not only record wise, but being healthy, playing your best football in November. Can you learn anything from that or is this a whole other beast given it's not the pod scheduling it was a year ago?
4: Yeah, I think it's going to get interesting to see, you know, what does that look like? But I think the planning part from our end has always been around understanding what those challenges have looked like and what was coming our way. And so, you know, again, I think we'll be able to make a decision at the end of the season. Was our plan holistically from January through fall camp? Was it planned out the right way for us to be our best when our best is needed? And I I would still say I'll fight every day of the week to knowing the schedule we play in the conference we play in that you better be your best and you see this right now in the Big 12 I think across the board you're talking about a really high end conference right now you're going to have to be your best each and every, every weekend that you play and so I think our mindset was that really going into it we knew the challenges and the uniqueness that we dealt with a year ago what we learned from a year ago but also how do we apply it to be our best in conference season as we get ready to go and um, you know, I, I, man, your challenge right off the bat. You're coming off of a, uh, you know, a short weekend in terms of getting back here early Sunday morning and. Um, you know, playing a late game Saturday night, uh, being half the ready to rock and roll, which I imagine will be an intense environment, warm weather and all those good challenges that'll, that'll be there. So, um, you know, we're, we'll be tested right away on that theory.
1: Do people appreciate the challenge of playing nine Big 12 games in 10 weeks, especially nobody's thinking about the logistics about you guys getting home at seven right. o'clock on Sunday morning? and things like that occur throughout a season?
4: Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know, you know, what what the outside world thinks of it. I, I, I know from our end, uh, again, those are things that make the challenge of what we have to do and the, the team we have to be um, week in and week out. and makes it really unique. And, and again, on top of that, I think in terms of where this conference is right now, you know, I think we felt really confident going in. This was going to be a great year for the Big 12. And I think early on, you see a really competitive Big 12 uh structure and man you're you're gonna get right off the gate probably the hottest team in the Big Twelve. So um, you know, great challenge for everybody involved and I, I do think it is unique into man being a part of this now for six years. You, you gotta be on your A game because if you're not playing your A game, you're gonna get beat.
5: As Jared said, Gary Vaughn has been playing has played very well in, in place of, of O'Rion, but given the fact that you're gonna be like you said, you're gonna be playing in heat you could maybe need some depth at linebacker. And what's the O'Rion situation?
4: Yeah, you know, I think we'll probably know a little bit more as we get into this week. You know, he Sunday, we were able to get out and do a little bit um, and he was out there with us, which was awesome. You know, I fully expect him to be part of practice this week and to me, it's it's still the mindset of, man, I, it's still the early part of the season. This is a huge football game. If he can play, we'd love to have him, um, but if we're going to put him at any risk that he could further injure himself, you know, we certainly won't do that as well. So I'd still say it's going to be a game time decision right now.
1: We touched on the secondary earlier. I'm curious, what have you seen from Ishim earlier in this season? I think he's third on this team in tackles. I mean, what's
4: allowed him to be so successful? Yeah, I you know, I just think well, the one thing for Ashim, his great challenge going into this fall was consistency. You know, can you consistently play at the level that we saw him play at at times last year? And I, I would say in three games, his consistency has been excellent. Um, I think he's been, been able to go off to a really great start. I think it's been really positive that he hasn't had to play every snap. You know, I think Bo Freiler really coming on has allowed him to to not have to play every single snap on defense. So he can, he can be his best when his best is needed. And so I I do think we're in a better spot to serve Ashim to play that consistently. Um, But uh, I've been really proud of what I've saw for the first three weeks of Ashim Young.
1: We were talking about the explosiveness with Xavier earlier. I'm curious. It feels like every single week he's (laughs) laying out a pretty big hit, it seems like. I mean, what about that position do you need that type of, you know, violence, frankly, and that aggressiveness to make him successful?
4: Yeah, I, I just think we ask so much of our receiving core in terms of not only catching the football, but the ability to block downfield, you know, and I think when you talk about X, I think when you talk about Joe Skates, um, th- those two have have done a phenomenal job blocking the perimeter and I, a lot of credit to Coach Shieldhouse because I think day one, our you know our receiving room isn't about catches, it's not about getting the ball in your hands, it's about are you willing to block downfield for your teammates and then then we start to get into those other things and um, you know that group's done a great job you know you saw Easy Anderson come into the game do some really good things from that regard Sean Shaw coming back and being a huge asset of that so I think just globally at the receiver position it starts with can you be physical at the point of attack and, and then moving on from there
2: Matt, as, um Charlie, I think you said after the game was getting close, as close to 100% as he's been with him having to deal with maybe who knows ongoing with the nature of the injury, maybe he's 90 to 98 all year. How does the value of A's experience and also the fact that he probably applies logic to every situation help in not having a guy trying to push himself out there more, getting too anxious about it, given what he can do. Yeah.
4: You know, I, I would just say this about Charlie. I mean, Charlie worked obsessively this offseason. And I, to, the shape that he is in physically, before he got injured in fall camp, I would say Charlie looked way better than maybe even I thought Charlie could get himself physically. He He was exceptional. And to have a setback, and I think this is Charlie's growth, he cares so much sometimes that physical setback is sometimes that can be mentally debilitating because you work so hard to get to the point that he was at that, you know, you're almost talking, there was a point there you were talking about, man, is this long-term where you you might not have Charlie or is this something that he's going to be able to come back from? And I'm so proud of how he handled it because, number one, I think mentally, and this is experience and this is wisdom, is, you know, I think he was able to have poise. Let's find out exactly what's wrong then we found out that you know what there's going to be a chance to get him back you know obviously it wasn't the timetable that we maybe wanted him back or the speed that we wanted him back at full speed but how he handled this is I think a a great example of really who he's become Um, you know he never shied away from leadership during that injury Um, he was he did a great job of mentoring the young players but most importantly he got himself back to 100% you know and I, I think he's almost close to that you know as close as he's ever been you know to where we saw in Camp really on Saturday, which was awesome. And so, you know, I, I think that's big for our football team, you know, and, and, um, and again, for even Charlie to play two weeks ago, you know, you're probably talking about 75%, and yet, you know, felt like it was the best interest for the team that he'd be out there and, and help us try to win the football game. You know, a lot of credit to him. But uh, boy, he, he's, been a, he's been a tremendous gr- grower in our program and obviously a, a tremendous asset to everything about our culture.
1: Matt I think uh, we've talked a lot about the defense obviously but I think uh, if I'm counting correctly we've only got three turnovers here in the first uh, three games is that enough for you is that or is that an area you'd like to see a little bit a little bit more yeah uh, maybe the one area they could improve I guess as a unit
4: Yeah, I I think that sometimes that's hard because, you know, one thing that you got to look at, they played, what, 50 some snaps last week, and so you know, I I think the reality for what we're doing on defense, you know, I I almost equate three and outs with a a turnover in a football game and I I think what they're doing getting off the field, they've been exceptional for us. The turnover margin in general needs to be better. I think we're at minus two right now, and you know that two weeks ago hurt us and hurt that margin, Um, so I think I think that number is something that we talk a lot about in our football program and it needs to be better. Um, but uh, those are things from a defensive perspective, man, sometimes those hidden things of three and outs, playing less plays because they're getting three and outs. I think that sometimes skews the, the turnover margin. Matt, a year ago, you the season was split up with multiple bye weeks this year.
1: Very different layout. I mean, how much do you think that impacts your guys this year and and what has your
4: training staff done to ensure longevity of the season? Well, you know, I I, you know I've talked a lot. We, We we really have totally changed our training model from January on, knowing the challenges at hand. Um, you know, will that pay off? Was that the right move? What does that all look like? Boy, I'm really confident in in it's going to be the perfect thing for this team. Um, but I, I think knowing that it is drastically different and I think part of that difference is now you're, you're going to get into our fourth and fifth games in a row. Um, I think, you know, I was talking a little bit earlier that it's a, what a, we're going to find out like really fast coming this Saturday. You're, you're talking about a quick turnaround. You know, you got home late, early early uh, Sunday morning, um, got a big game with a tremendous opponent. You know, can you be up for it? Can you be ready for it? What's that mindset? How do we get our guys ready? Those are a lot of conversations we're having because you want to, you want to put your kids in the best position to be successful and I, I still feel like that's my responsibility to do everything in my power to get our best players to play their best on Saturday and um, you know I, I, I think the old school mindset of man we're just going to grind them through it I, I just don't think that applies anymore I think I think there's more wisdom there's more research there's a better way to do it and um, you know we're, we're certainly trying are, are we perfect man I, I don't know that um, but you know we're going to continue to do everything we can to give our kids the best situation to be their best.